We're on a mission from God. And now, something completely different. This is Pastor Jolly John Lekumski from St. Paul's Lutheran Church in New Athens, Illinois, and Trinity Lutheran Church in Darmstadt, Illinois. And I'm Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark from Ascension Lutheran Church in picturesque South St. Louis. And you've now had a full week of Ted Drews. I know. It's been a good week, John. Yeah. Every, now, every day? You've been up there every day? I'm right? now 10 pounds heavier. <laughs> it's been a good week. I am a happy pastor. Shoot. shoot. <laughs> so anything special going on? on what 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 are you guys doing it's well, lent's just around the corner now what what are you guys doing for lent anything special lent is just around the corner yes everything special yeah lent. yeah so what we're doing we have uh, morning services at 8 30 we're oh. coordinating with our school so we oh, have that's great yeah so it's a nice daytime option for people that don't want to get out at night but it's also uh nice that we have a, a nice sized crowd there we've got a full sanctuary as we worship with the school okay. kids and uh and then in the evenings we have a, a meal at 5 30 and then uh, worship at seven. So if you're in the St. Louis area, come by, join us for a great warm meal. And, uh, we just accept free will donations and each, each week it helps to sponsor sort of a different area of ministry at Ascension. Oh, that's cool. So our that's youth group's doing one week, our men's club another week. And yeah, so it's pretty good. So what have you got a particular theme you're doing for Lent? Yeah, I think we're going to be looking at the, the Exodus. Oh, and, cool. Uh, yeah. So coordinating that and, uh, getting that ready. So yeah, All looking right. forward to it. So we're, How about you guys? We're, we're, we're doing uh, just the evening service uh, at 7 o'clock. Sorry, March 6th, by the way, for those of you that are marking these things on your calendar. That's Ash Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for worship, we're doing the uh, Jesus and the Psalms. Okay, very uh, this good. Is my, this is my last Lent with them, and I thought that would be kind of cool to uh, look at the Psalms and see what they have to tell, very good. tell us about Jesus. And then we've got uh, Dr. Paul Meyer coming in, uh, the uh, week that changed the world. Uh, we're doing that for our Bible study. That's All our right, tradition. We, we usually do Bible study on Wednesday. So rather than quitting Bible study, we have Lenten worship for about 45 minutes and then about 45 minutes of Bible study. Uh, Dr. Meyer will not be there in person, <laughs> but he oh, will be there on video. That's <laughs> so we're okay. excited about that. It'll be fun. Good, 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 good. Um, and we needed to finish some things up from last week. We were talking about the call of Isaiah and the call of Peter. And and uh, you wanted to direct our attention to how that also applies to us. But before we do that, could I make one brief comment about yeah, the call? Yeah. yeah, please do. Well, because, you know, you have this story from Luke and they're fishing. And the next thing you know, it says they left everything and followed Jesus. And I, and I hear that and think, well, I don't think I'd do that. <laughs> I don't think I'd leave everything and follow Jesus. But you need to understand that they knew Jesus for quite a while, didn't they? It wasn't like their first yeah, encounter so, with Jesus. Yeah, Peter's gone a master and already taken him at his word. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the thing is, these guys are, are, are probably, what do you think, in their, their uh, late teens, early 20s, uh, they're young men. Uh, now, Peter does have a, a wife, but I don't think anybody else is married yet. Uh, they have already gone up to follow John the Baptist. You know, they had mm-hmm. been following him mm-hmm. uh, down there around the Jordan, which was quite a distance from their hometown in Galilee. So they're kind of footloose and fancy free, like like a lot of people are at that age. They're going to college, maybe going to the military, kind of looking to see what they might do. 
Uh, and in fact, while they were with John the Baptist, John introduced them to Jesus. So it's not quite like all of a sudden they just dropped everything and left. They'd already been following some of these religious leaders like John. They knew Jesus. And so, yeah, they probably were looking for an opportunity to have a, another exciting adventure, I'm sure. That's what they were thinking of it. Little did they know what was going to happen, did they? Yeah, yes. this would not just be four years of college, but no, this would be a lifetime vocation they were getting into, yeah, yeah. making you fishers of men. Yeah. So what in the world does that have to do with us, Matt? Well, <laughs> quite a bit. Okay. Like, we looked at the parallels between Isaiah and between Peter, and one of the parallels is they, in the presence of God, they recognize their sin, right? Yes. You know, Isaiah, woe is me, I'm a man of unclean lips in the midst of a people of unclean lips. Peter, he falls down on his knees before Jesus saying, depart from me, I'm, I'm a sinful, sinful man, man, right? Yeah. Exactly. And yet, in both cases, God restores them and God commissions them even to go, to, to, to be sent, yeah. to, to tell, to bear witness. Um, so what are the things that... Oh, I thank God God isn't doing that to me. <laughs> I can just go to church and then go home to my fishes. <laughs> yeah, or whatever else I got. Wait, well, wait a second, John. <laughs> what? Back up here. All right. Uh, and that's the whole point, right? We want to make the connection to us. Well, what is God calling us to yeah. do? Um, we're doing a, a Bible study on Sunday mornings uh, where we're looking at this resource from the, the Sin of the Elsie mess everyone is witness and just some neat insights i think when we look at evangelism witnessing bearing witness to jesus telling people about what we know about jesus uh, the savior and doing it from really a lutheran perspective and, and perhaps as lutherans the first thing we do is we really start where, where these guys started same okay. place yeah. woe is me i'm sinful and to realize that we're we're unfit uh for bearing witness to jesus for that task uh, but then when we look through the pages of the scripture, we start to realize, well, wait a second. I think everyone was pretty unfit for that task of telling people about Jesus, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. So we've got two here, Isaiah and Peter. But then you just start working your way through the scriptures and you think, well, who wasn't you know, yeah, unfit? Yeah. You know, Moses certainly. Unfit. Yeah, Moses himself says, I can't do this. Yeah, yeah. he tries to weasel out of it, yeah. right? You know, and you just go down the list of, of person after person, how they're just unfit for the task. And they, they so often realize and even see their unfitness. And yet God still calls them and chooses those very people. So I, I, there's a quote here from CFW Walther. So if, if our listeners don't know Walther, he's the first president of our church body, uh, but also just really just a good pastor, I think. Oh, Very yeah. pastoral, yeah. but yet a theologian. And I think he has this great insight. I was just going to share this quote. He says, God plants, manages, extends, and sustains his kingdom, not directly, but by means of men who are all untogether fit, unfit for the task. So God is the one who... Who, who grows his church, you know, creates faith in people, but yet he doesn't do it directly. He doesn't do it by just zapping people. Now they're a Christian yeah. instantly, but he does it by the means of, well, guys like us, John, that are... Scary. Scary yeah, I to know. think of. Well, it, I know. It, yeah. it is. We're what just... was he thinking of? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> no. I know. What's, what are you thinking, Lord? And I think that's what Isaiah and Peter would have said, too. Yeah. Um, Un, all untogether fit for the task. That's who God chooses to use as his instruments. So he goes on, who can measure the greatness of God's love revealed in the fact that he does not, well, he desires not only to save this apostate world, but also even to employ the human beings that is sinners for the yeah. task. Yeah. So not only does he want to save sinners, but he used sinners to get the job done. 
Isn't that something? Who can plumb the depths of the wisdom of God, who knows how to accomplish the work of saving people by, of all things, using other people who are quite unfit and unqualified for this work. So to save sinners, he uses sinners. sinners. Exactly. And I thought that was just a a neat insight. And and to recognize that, uh, because I I think that Satan would love for us to think that we are totally unfit and just uh, clam up and, and not voice Christ. But but no, because God has made us fit, as he made Isaiah fit and Peter fit through the forgiveness of sins, well, yeah, now we can recognize, yeah, I, I'm imperfect, but I'm forgiven in Christ. And because God has, has called me, yeah, I, I can I can go and share Christ now, all by the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and you know, if you think of it on that, it, it, it has to be that way, because in the end, we need to understand that everything comes to us by the gift and by the grace of God. It's entirely out of his blessing and his love. So if he used really super, really good, really fantastic people, we would say, oh, well, yeah, see, it was these fantastic people. That's how God does things, through really super good people. Whereas really, no, the, the, the appeal always is everything God does, he does out of his grace and mercy through sinful people. And, and I'm thinking about, of course, the, the, the founder of our, our church body of, of Lutherans and Martin Luther. And man, you know, God did carry him along by the Holy Spirit. That's the language that Peter uses. Uh, he didn't speak by his own will, but carried along by the Spirit. And he had so many wonderful things that he, he wrote and he preached for the gospel. And yet, especially toward the end of his life, he did some really, oh, man, the things he wrote, you almost say, oh, well, let's just forget he wrote those things, you know. Yeah. But I, I think now in reflection, yeah, that's probably the way the Lord wanted it. So we would know, no, it wasn't Martin Luther, the great church leader. No, it was Martin Luther, the sinner like Isaiah, like Peter, like you, like me, like all our listeners. Yeah, that's whom God used to bring his gospel uh, to the church. God's good at doing that, isn't he? I mean, he uses ordinary things to do wonderful things so that all glory is to him. He uses water to make people forgiven in his children in baptism. He uses bread and wine in communion to forgive sins. He uses sinful people to make disciples of other sinful people. And it's all God's doing. It's all to his glory. Uh, Since you you mentioned uh, Luther, I'll I'll just share this quote. He talks about the importance of, of that task of of being sent and so bearing witness to Christ. So this is some good Luther stuff. This is some, not, this is not, some not stuff, stuff we're keeping around. He wrote when he got to be old and cranky. Although it is violent. Okay. Oh, okay. So, all right. All right. Yeah. Yeah, you'll see, we'll see what you think. Luther says, we live on this earth only so that we should be able to help. Uh, it should be a help to other people. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Otherwise, it would be best if God would strangle us. <laughs> yeah. the violent part. And let us die as soon as we were baptized and had begun to believe. For this reason, however, let us live, that we may bring other people also to faith as he has done for us. So this idea that if it's just about us, well, yeah, as soon as we're baptized, yeah, we'll just kill us so we can go to heaven, right? But no, he's got a purpose for us to so live for Christ. So we're a help to other people and so that we can bring people to faith as he has done for us, as Luther says. That, that's why we exist. I don't know if we often look, look at our lives that way. If that is the reason we exist. But yet, yeah, yeah, it is. You know, love our neighbor and then share Christ with others. Yeah. And, and, and you know, see, that's the thing. So, so actually, the pattern of worship is exactly as it was for Isaiah and for Peter. We come, we confess that we are sinners. I'm a sinful man, I have sinful lips. Uh, and the Lord comes in the service, and he, he takes care of that. 
he touches our lips, as you said, with the supper. He comes with his word and declares to us, oh, you're forgiven. All your sins are atoned for. I've done it all uh, through my suffering, death, and resurrection. And then, of course, like you said, now we go out. And, and we go out uh, with the calling to love the neighbor and when given opportunity. Well, in fact, I think even in the love of the neighbor, we're, we're directing him to, to the Lord Jesus Christ, of course, who loves all men. And if we have a chance to witness to the hope that is within us, as Peter says, well, then that's that's what we should do, too. Yeah. But but again, see that's the neat thing. So this is not the the plan of uh, of evangelism. That's not the thing here. No, the thing is, is it's what you do if you love somebody, right? Yeah. If if you love them, wouldn't you tell them about the the love and joy you have in your heart too, and 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 what Christ has done for you and stuff like that? Yeah, you bet. And I guess my, the last point I maybe to make before I move on is yeah. is I just love that. Take it back to Isaiah that. He says, woe is me, I'm a man of unclean lips in the midst of a people of unclean lips. So God cleanses him and then sends him back out into the people of unclean lips. And that's what he does for us. We are sinful people in the midst of sinful people, but he forgives. And then he sends us forgiven sinners back out to the rest of the sinners to to share what God has done for us. And and, and there's a freedom in that. I think that's the problem when we start doing evangelism. Uh, It goes back to the point you made last week that this is all the work of God. Yep. All right. So if you feel inadequate to do it, well, good for you. Because you, <laughs> yeah. you are. That's right. You are. So uh, take your loved ones up in prayer. Uh, in fact, right now, you probably got people in your family that you're concerned about that are coming to church. So first thing I would do is I'd be praying for them every day. I'd say, Lord, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to bring these people. I'm not sure what to say. So, Lord, you, you keep them in your hands give me an opportunity then give me the strength to do that and and sometimes people i think it's as simple as just saying hey i i don't want to go to church by myself did you mind do you want to come to church with me it might be as simple as that uh and and just let the the the, the lord take it from there so all right any yep. other comments about evangelism no i think that's good i think i just said uh, there's two parallel accounts uh isaiah 6 and luke chapter 5 so we talked about Peter and his call, and that's what we want to do now. We want to look a little bit about uh, something that Peter had to write. Doing, right, doing exactly what you said, right? Having the call, going out to the people of unclean lips and telling them some things he thought that were important. So we're going now to Second Peter chapter 1. Um, and we're doing this in light of a big event that's going to be happening in churches around the world in just another Sunday, and that is the celebration of the Transfiguration. Are you celebrating the Transfiguration coming of up here? Of course man? we are. Yep, yep. Yes. Uh, so are we. Actually, we did it already. <laughs> wait a second. Well, you know, we don't like to wait until the last minute. <laughs> There's that one year we forgot all about we gotta it. we got to jump on the Transfiguration Yeah, so we got to get started early, you know. <laughs> Plus, people can get out. Out there and do all their transfiguration shopping That's before right. everything's picked all, over. All the transfiguration cards aren't bought up already, you know, left <laughs> with the leftovers. Right. The good ones are still there. So it's one of the anomalies between these two uh, lectionaries that the church has chosen to use. Uh, there is the historic one-year lectionary, and of course, we did that way back a couple weeks in February 10th. I think it was February 10th. I think, I look on the calendar here. Was there a February 10th? That was a, Yes, there was. Uh, because, see, we got these three pre-Lenten Sundays, they call them the Jesma Sundays. Now, you're, what lectionary are you using, Matt? We're in the three-year lectionary, year C. Yep. And that's what a lot of, in fact, that's what's cool about that lectionary. It's not just Lutherans, but it's uh, United Church of Christ. Uh, the Roman Catholics have a, a version of that. Uh, uh, and, and your lectionary, when, when are you going to do Transfiguration then? Well, uh, a couple of weeks, right before uh, Lent starts. So, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, so actually you will be doing it this this uh, yeah, Sunday. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well that's cool. Uh, but but so, so in both traditions though, the thing is is it it uh, it precedes Lent. Okay. Um, by the way, did you know historically it was actually in August? Wow, that early. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. Uh, in fact, there was some pope like maybe 50, 60 years before the Reformation that he said, I think August August 6th, I believe, was the date huh. to do the Transfiguration. I'm not sure how it ended up where it's at now. Yeah. I have a sneaking suspicion that when the whole Reformation took place, they said, these these feasts, these are some of them, because they're really weird, really strange feasts. Let's just get rid of all the feasts. And then I think at some point someone said, well, you know what? Transfiguration, that's right out of the Bible. That's not some that saint or something it. like that. You know, not something that somebody made up. In fact, that's what we'll see about Peter's comment. So this is a real life thing. So maybe we do need to have a, a, a feast yeah. to celebrate that. Uh, what is the Feast of Transfiguration? Maybe we need to talk about that before we actually get to what Peter well, sure. has to say well, about well, yeah, it. I, yeah, and I think it's it's something that that's big in the life and ministry of Jesus, and I think yeah. that's what's important to keep in mind too. This whole lectionary business, whether your church uses it or not, the helpful thing in my mind is it just it, it centers around Jesus, yeah, and and it hits those highlights of Jesus' life. And we think of the biggies like Christmas and and Good uh, Friday and Easter certainly, yeah. but another biggie is the Transfiguration. So in the Mount of Transfiguration. And Jesus brings with him Peter, James, and John, those closest of his disciples we just heard about. And uh, there he's transfigured before them. And appearing with him are two key figures from the Old Testament, Moses and Elijah. And then, of course, this voice from heaven, which I think Peter's going to pick up on, proclaiming who Jesus is. Yep, this is my son. Uh, Listen to him. Uh, um, and I always thought it's it's really a, 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 the perfect story to do right before Lent because you know what he does after the mountain after he's gone to the mountaintop and he showed himself that he is the glorious Son of God. There's no doubt about it. His very appearance takes on this bright, shining whiteness that's always associated with the Lord. Well, we had it already in the appearance to Isaiah, right? Yeah, the same yeah. kind of thing there. Uh, uh, but do you know where he goes after he gets done with the Mount of Transfiguration? He comes down the mountain. Yeah, <laughs> and, and he gets towards. Jerusalem. Yeah, yeah. To where he's going to suffer and die yes. on the cross. Yes. Uh, and so I thought, yeah, that's a perfect story then. So we've we've done the whole epiphany season, right? Uh, which is about the fact that Jesus is the Son of God, right? Isn't that the, the revelation? The yep. uh, God and man um, made manifest. So, uh, uh, so now we have this, but now we're going to see he's also true flesh and blood, and he's going to do everything that you and I do. He's going to suffer. He's going to die. Uh, so it's kind of nice to start there on the mountaintop. Here's the glory of Jesus Christ, and now he's going to go down that mountain, like I say, to the cross, and we'll see all of the the suffering and death. Um, one of the interesting takes on the transfiguration, I'll throw this out, uh, it came from Max Lakato. Am I pronouncing yeah, his yeah, name right? Okay. Um, he speculated that maybe the whole transfiguration thing was not only for the help of the disciples, but maybe also kind of a help for Jesus. Because it's going to get really, really rough for Jesus yeah. uh, to the point where Jesus actually will pray, Father, take this cup away from me. You know, we'll get to that story in a few weeks. Um, and it was maybe God's way of saying, hey, hey, don't forget. 
Here, here's the joy that lies ahead of you. Here's your buddies of Moses and Elijah. Here's the glory of heaven. So I'm just giving you this little vision so to kind of strengthen you for the ordeal that lies ahead. Yeah. Do yeah. you think there's any... Well, to be able to, yeah, be able to speak to Jesus and say, this is my son, right? Isn't yeah. that what, 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 what the voice says? And same word spoken at the baptism. Yep. And yep. right yep. after the baptism, that's what Satan gets him to doubt or will try to get oh, him yeah. to doubt, right? Yeah. You know, in the wilderness, he's tempted. If you are the son of God, do such and such. As he goes to the cross, that's going to be the same thing again. If you are the son of God... Come down off the cross. So maybe so. Maybe God's reminding him one last time, you are my son, right, as he heads to the cross. So, so, so you know, the text we're going to have, and, and here's my plan. Let, let's not get to Peter's words today, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll make everybody wait to hear what Peter has to say about the transfiguration okay. until right. our, next, our next episode. Uh, uh, but, but, man... In in this text, Peter talks about men not not being carried along by their own will, but men speaking as they are carried along by the Holy Spirit. And I really think what has just happened is an example of that. Because you and I didn't plan this. No, we, uh, we usually don't plan much in the show. <laughs> don't give that away. How do you give away our, our secrets? <laughs> I think the people might know. <laughs> you think they figured that out. <laughs> but see, just what you... Is that not a great insight? Yeah. So Jesus begins, and the voice comes and says, this is my beloved son. Again, a testimony to all those around. Yes, yeah, so but, definitely. But also to the Lord. And then the very yeah. next thing is, then he's taken to the wilderness and he's tempted. And now you're right. I didn't even think about that parallel. So again, this great vision, this great voice again, this is my beloved son, listen to him. But again, right back into the trials and the troubles. Uh, um, and I just like that thought. That Jesus, if anyone out there right now is struggling and you're having your doubts because you're not seeing the glory, there's no glory. You talked about that the last week, the glory that Isaiah saw, the glory that Peter saw when there was a multiplication of fish. But maybe we've got people out there that aren't seeing any of that. No, they're seeing the suffering and the, the loss of loved ones and the struggles and the trials. Um, I think it's so cool to know that Jesus is with us in that, too. That he understands exactly and perfectly what we're going through, because he went through it as well. And so what other thing is that we can direct our attention to except the fact, well, yeah, but he's still the son of God. He's still the one that does control. He's still the one that does everything for us, for our good, for our forgiveness, for our life, and for salvation. So I don't know, people. You can go with other gods if you want. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Well, actually, I do. I Wasn't that your whole point? Yeah, we should. We, we ought to be John, Come on, you're a pastor after all. <laughs> but, 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 do you get my point? I yes, don't know. I don't yes. know where you're going to find a better yeah. God than the God we have. Yeah. Who's known then, as Jesus the, Christ? Yeah, and then that reminder in our trials too that he says of Zeus now. Because of yeah. baptism, you, you are my beloved son too, my beloved oh, daughter. Oh yeah. No matter yeah. what that trial is, and that same reminder for Jesus in Him, connected to being baptism, becomes that that reminder to us too that we're His child. And oh man, can, people, can yeah. you hear? We, we, you know, we're not. We don't want to get to, to be a Pentecostal on you here. But but can you hear that the Word of God? It's just carrying us along, carrying you along. Because again, that what a great insight, Matt. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So it's not just that Jesus is the Son of God, but then. We are. We're the sons yeah, of God. Yeah, definitely. So what does that mean? Every light, everything's going to be happy and hunky dory. Every day you're going to have Ted Drew's ice cream. Yeah. No, there will be the long That's winter. Right. The long winter where there is no Ted Drew's. That's right. I know. We're talking about suffering. Uh, but yeah, Jesus, the, that, the perfect son, if he faces suffering, guess what? 
Yeah, we, yeah, are we do too. too. Yeah. But then again, for the glory that lay ahead. Isn't that what the Bible says? So he took up the cross for the glory that lay ahead. So right now, whatever challenges, whatever crosses you have, whatever people you need to love and care for, because there's probably people that are really, really difficult to love and care for, and they need to know your love, and they need to know the love of Jesus Christ. These are not easy. These are difficult crosses the Lord has laid on us, but that's okay. The Lord Jesus Christ, he's going to do it all. He's going to take care of us. So uh, any any closing words here, man? Well, I'm looking forward to next week, John. So we're going to uh, hear from Peter himself then. Yep, what, what he, he has, has to, to say about, about the transfiguration. transfiguration. Good. This has been Wrestling, Wrestling with, with the Basics. basics.